Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. First off, a shout out to an honorary member of the Ready crew, uh, four-year-old Noah Ruiz, because this little four-year-old uh, got into his mother's Amazon account. I don't know if any of you have heard of this story. It just kind of dropped in the last week or so. But he got into his Amazon, his mom's Amazon account and ordered 918 SpongeBob popsicles from Amazon. 51 boxes of popsicles show up to the house after um, apparently all day. Noah was running around the house saying 51, 51, was really excited. His mother really not knowing uh, Jennifer Bryant, really not knowing uh, what was, you know, why he was saying 51 or whatnot. And then. All of a sudden, uh, I think uh, her sister showed up, 51 boxes showed up, each one weighing 70 pounds, and at the end of the day, all costing a measly $2,619. And that that's a lot of money for SpongeBob Popsicles. Um, and those things have been going strong for at least 20 years. I know that there have always been character popsicles around, but I, that's got to be the most produced character popsicle in, in the history of all time. I can't maybe Mickey Mouse, but like, you know, that's the, the fudge chocolate covered one. I'm talking about like the classic character popsicle with gumball eyes. I, I feel like. I feel like SpongeBob's got to have the crown by now. If you go into any gas station that sells ice cream, one of the options inevitably is the SpongeBob Popsicle. It, it, it's got it's a massive moneymaker. So $2,619, this poor woman. Unfortunately, Amazon was not able to issue a refund or accept the pops because they came from a third-party vendor. Uh, her credit card company was investigating to see uh, you know, what kind of refund they could do um, you know, since the boy had made the purchase, one could argue, you know, well, I, I didn't make that purchase. It's my card, but somebody else fraudulently used it, even if it was her own son. Um, but the, the good news, like the end result out of all of this is that um, a GoFundMe was set up for the family. And within 24 hours, they were able to get the money back to cover the cost of the popsicles. Uh, most of which melted. I don't know how much they were able to save of these. I'm sure they they fit enough that they could in in freezers and hopefully gave it away to some neighbors or, or gave them away. But uh, yeah, uh, not all of them were kept by the same family. Uh, and the one picture circulating of this little boy uh, standing atop of these boxes holding a SpongeBob popsicle and the smile on his face. He has absolutely. Uh, uh, just, he's living life. He just ordered 51 boxes of popsicles. Um, I don't even, I, I, I love those things, but like a love, uh, uh, it's the kind of love you have for just, you know, like the kind of love you'd have for Sesame street. Like you love Sesame street. You appreciate what it meant to your childhood. You love those characters, but like, I don't want to watch I don't want to sit down and watch Sesame street. I just, I love it. Like, Kind of have the same love relationship with those popsicles. Like, I love that they exist. I love that others love them. Um, if it's my only option, sure. But, like, they're just a mess. They end up turning to be a mess. Uh, it's just sugar and hard gumballs, and it's it's never a fun time. But uh, good for Noah there, honorary member of the Ready Crew. Um, and I'm glad the family got their their money back. That's That's got to be a headache. $2,000 is a lot of money. This isn't like Elon Musk's kid 
ordering 2000 boxes of SpongeBob popsicles online, you know, to to all of us, that's the equivalent of like somebody using two pennies of yours and buying them. But uh, I'm, I'm glad that there's a happy ending here. I'm glad that the story uh, all around has a has a good feel to it. It's one of those just like, oh, my goodness. But I mean, just imagine like imagine this happening and then not having the ability for GoFundMe and then just being footed the bill of, of you know, two thousand dollars worth of SpongeBob popsicles. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, I do want to also feature. Um, I, I want to add another layer to the podcast and and give a little bit more of a spotlight to some of the uh, celebrity actors who come onto the show whenever they whenever I get a chance. And uh, for today's episode of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy Three, we are joined by actor John Reese Davies, who is best known for his work in the Lord of the Rings movies as Gimli and also as Sala in the Indiana Jones movies, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, I, if you're not a fan of either of those uh, movies or, or series, uh, this man has a whole list of movies and projects he has been a part of, all, following all the way back to 1973. Um, you can find a ton of, of films, uh, a few TV shows he, he has done, um, uh, you know, of course, the biggest ones are obviously going to be Lord of the Rings and uh, uh, and Indiana Jones. But, you know, he's also done a lot of voice work, too, for things like Aladdin and the King of Thieves. He voiced Cassium in that movie. Uh, he's been a part of some some uh, other Disney projects like The Jungle Book, Two. He did. Uh, some Tom and Jerry projects, some Scooby-Doo projects. He was uh, Brian King's voice in Aquaman. Uh, and and even some of his video game work, too. He's done Wing Commander 3 and 4. He did a few of the Lord of the Rings games. He's got a he's got a, a very storied career. Now, I'm first thing as much of I'm a I am a comic book nerd. I, I love a lot of things nerdy. Probably the one thing I'm not into is the Lord of the Rings. I don't know. I've I've tried giving Fellowship of the Ring full watch-throughs on three occasions and not once that I say let's watch Two Towers right now. Like let's let's go. I have never seen Two Towers. I've never seen Return of the King. Um it's on my list. Like it's on like mentally I know I'm not proud of going through life not watching those films, but you know I'll I'll get there one day on my own time, but I know that Gimli is is obviously a fan favorite here, and he joins the SpongeBob universe, voicing the arch nemesis of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, Man Ray. Uh, he voiced the character in one of two episodes, and some uh, some trivia here is that he actually took over the role of Man Ray from actor Guy Siner. Um, apparently, I don't know how long he had the role for, how much work. He did on it, but um, in the original credits, he was listed as the voice of Man Ray. And I think it's actually um, a mistake that it wasn't updated. Like in the in the opening credits, it, it credits John Reese Davies as Man Ray. But then in the in the closing credits, um, it wasn't updated. So you can still see Guy's name there uh, at, at some point. So. Um, that's, that's really interesting. I wonder if it was just, they couldn't, they couldn't get John and maybe they went with somebody else. And then John came back and said, Hey, I can, I can do that voice now. And then they, you know, just ended up giving it 
ultimately back to him. Um, I, I don't know. There's there's not much information about that, but that's certainly something to 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 look into. I, I got to imagine I can talk to somebody who worked on that episode to see what what exactly happened with that with that voice change. Maybe maybe you know even Man Ray they were happy with Guy and then at some point weren't happy with him and then just kind of John fell into their lap. I have no idea, but um, he adds the, the character of Man Ray, even though he got to only voice him twice, um, th this is Man Ray's episode. Like, when you think about Man Ray, like, most people are going to think about this episode and his interactions with SpongeBob and Patrick, those one-off jokes, and John Reese davies portrayal of Man Ray is just so earnest and fun you can tell he must have had an enjoyable time voicing this role. He hammed it up in some scenes and just had it just seemed to have just exuded a good excitement in voicing this character. I don't know what it is. Um, it, this definitely doesn't seem like some guy who just cashed in a paycheck, took an easy role, came on, you know, just said the words and then went home. I think he actually cared about and, and even if he doesn't care about SpongeBob. I'm saying that as a professional actor, if he's getting paid for a role, I'm sure he puts in some form of care into what he's being paid to do. You know, you're you're ultimately getting paid probably a good sum of money to just come in and and spend a day or two voicing this character. I'm I'm sure he got all of his his vocals done in one session, and and for how long that could have been, even if it was a full eight hours. The amount of money he was probably paid for that eight hours is is I, I would love to get paid that kind of money. Um. Some actors will come in and phone it in and just accept the paycheck and move on. Knowing this actor and seeing him in some interviews and sit downs, he seems to he just has a great deal of care for the craft of acting. So I thought that his portrayal of Man Ray in this episode, like I, you could just tell there's something about it that wasn't phoned in. And he brings a special kind of energy and character to Man Ray that there's you can't help but love the character by the end of this episode. And before we get into the episode of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 3, we are going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dive right into the episode. What is it, trusted sidekick? Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. 
Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. No need to be alarmed, SpongeBob. Your teachings have transformed me. Besides, I have checks with little poodles on them. Today's episode is about Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 3. It is the 31st episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, the first half of that. And it first debuted on September 14th, 2001. Oh, wait, what episode of the SquareCast is this? <laughs> Classic. September 14th, 2001 is uh, is three days after September 11th, 2001. And, and I distinctly remember watching this episode and Squirrel Jokes. Um, there, there's a few moments after that day that I just remember that were just very distinct. They were they were calming moments in a in a lot of chaos going on and, and it wasn't a lot of visual chaos in terms of of maybe what was going on where I live you know so there wasn't things like outside happening but definitely on the news if you were paying attention there was just a ton of chaos everywhere and it took a while for the dust to completely settle and and I really wouldn't say things got to just the first calm period until everything was was cleaned up in New York. Um, so there was just months of the covering of the cleanup and, of course, all of the news surrounding that, of, of everything happening outside and what was going on. But coming three days after that day, like a new episode of SpongeBob for me was a, was a very normal moment. It, it felt like it just grounded me for a second and I was able to just appreciate and watch it. So I have a lot of love for this episode. Um, and, and in particular of Man Ray of the portrayal of Man Ray that we got, uh, uh, from, from John Reese Davies here, not to overshadow the fact that we also get Ernest Borgnine and Tim Conway back as Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, respectively. Now, even though th this episode is listed as a Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy adventure, it really isn't. They, they're really very early on in this episode, um, shown to us and, and immediately leave for the rest of the episode. There isn't even a return of the characters. Uh, the point of this episode is um, uh, they are leaving on vacation and they're leaving the Mermelair in charge uh, with SpongeBob and Patrick. The episode's writers are Paul Tibbet, Walt Dorn, and Mary Weather Williams, with the main directors falling on Paul Tibbet and Walt Dorn for this episode. Uh, this is uh, an episode that I would say would be up there as comfortable episodes to show fans or people who don't know SpongeBob. I didn't want to say fans of SpongeBob because they're not fans. Um, but if I had to make like a top 10 list of of episodes that I would show non-SpongeBob fans or or somebody that you're first showing this off to, um, this probably would make my top 10. Um, you don't really need to know. I mean, the, the beginning of the episode kind of you you already get explained that that not only are these you know there's there's a TV show about these characters, but once you get into the lair and eventually Man Ray, you can assume okay they're actually real superheroes. 
on top of having a TV show. That's information that isn't even like outright told to you. You're just it's just clever writing. You could you could assume that with what you're being shown. Um, and then it comes. Hey, here's SpongeBob and Patrick being in charge of this place. And, and you know, you could deduce while things are going on that they're irresponsible and responsible at the same time as characters. Uh, they have good hearts, but they kind of don't think things through. So, uh, as mentioned before, Mermaid Man, Barnacle Boy are going out on vacation. We get this nice intro of their TV show showing the all of the packing they're doing as uh, dynamic effects with the old, like, 1966 Batman like title cards coming up like fold crush like when he you know and they would pow somebody and those title cards would come up and it's just them you know getting ready for vacation we're immediately then like it's just oh it's away from the tv show for a second and we are shown that spongebob and patrick are the ones being put in charge of watching the mermelair they are told not to touch anything uh any of the gadgets they bring up as possibilities um, they obviously bring up the invisible boat mobile. They're told not to touch that. They're told not to touch the orb of confusion, which is an orb that apparently once it's turned on, if you are within a certain distance of this orb, you will become fully immobile and confused. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know the use of that. I don't know if you turn it on and throw it or how it works, because it seems like it's it has an instant effect so I don't know the purpose of the on switch. Like if you turn it on, like if you're right near it, you're going to get hit. But I don't know. Um, but yeah, they're told not to touch everything. And we're, we're shown the Mermelair for for the first time in, in, in this kind of setting, like a great deal. We're looking at we, we get to see this wall of gadgets of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy that we, we've never been shown before. And you're not like they don't point out what everything is. You're just shown things and. You can be, you know, if you're a fan of superheroes and, and definitely a fan of, like, the old school 1966 Batman show, you could probably look at e each of those weapons and find a connection to a comic book uh, weapon or find a connection to uh, a weapon, on, you know, based off of something on the show. There, there's a lot of, like, you, you. it's easy to deduce what any of those weapons would be used for. Um, eventually after the characters leave, SpongeBob and Patrick come across the body of Man Ray. Uh, now Man Ray, uh, unlike, uh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy who have since aged and become kind of just floppy old guys, uh, Man Ray is, is very much preserved in, in his, in his prime. Uh, this guy is tall and jacked to the gills and he is, uh, frozen in tartar sauce so at some point in the uh in the past they they froze this guy in tartar sauce um and and we get a wonderful like a build up to the to the showcase of man ray of of patrick and spongebob being super frightened of him um there's just this one switch that is freeze and unfreeze for the tartar sauce and patrick just pulls it unfreezes man ray enough for that is so that his head is is a free of the tartar sauce he comes to, he's immediately threatening, but um, they stopped the unfreezing so that only his fingers and his head are outside of the tartar sauce. He is not a threat at all. And SpongeBob tells him that they can't unfreeze him completely because he's evil. And Man Ray smartly asks, well, if I wasn't evil, then you would let me out, right? And SpongeBob's like, yeah, I, I would. 
Um, <laughs> so Man Ray just deduces that like I'll pretend that I'm a good guy now, and and they'll let me out, um, which convinces them. He he gets completely free of the tartar sauce. We Man Ray is is an immediate visual threat, um, and as he lunges at SpongeBob and Patrick. Next is introduced his the next form of security of this situation is that Man Ray has been um, attached to what's called the tickle belt. And it is a belt that he is wearing that when is activated tickles him to the point of immobility. Like he is just unable to move from the amount of tickling he is he is getting from this belt. Uh, SpongeBob has the clicker to this. And honestly, after everything we've seen of all of the items they're not supposed to be touching, um, to letting Man Ray out of this out of this uh, cell, it's so funny that SpongeBob has the correct attachment for this situation. Like, he has the remote in his hands. Um, Man Ray is, like, th without getting rid of this belt, he, he can't do anything. Um, and it's very smart on Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy's part, knowing the possibility that, like, hey, what if he gets unfrozen? What what else could he have on? Uh, they, they I don't know if he was wearing the belt before he was frozen or if that's something they had to do after they captured him. I don't know. Um, but he has to then truly convince SpongeBob and Patrick that he is a good guy so they can remove the belt so he can go on a, a worldwide rampage. Now that his arch nemesis are old and crippled and decrepit, they can't stop him. Um, the next few scenes we get are very comedic moments of just Man Ray getting dunked on. Uh, one of the first bits here is one of my favorite SpongeBob moments in the history of the show in which um, uh, Patrick is told to take out his wallet, drop it on the ground, and Man Ray has to then show SpongeBob how he would return this lost wallet or this dropped wallet. And we get a scene in which Patrick just seemingly has no idea that that's his wallet or doesn't like he he agrees that it looks like his wallet but then it's not his wallet but man ray convinces him that i watched you drop it it's just a funny back and forth i could you i could just play it right now pat get your wallet out okay goodness lesson number one you see someone drop their wallet patrick dropped the wallet now what would you do excuse me sir but i do believe you've dropped your wallet doesn't look familiar to me what i just saw you drop it yeah. No, it's not mine. It is yours. I am trying to be a good person and return it to you. Return what to who? Aren't you Patrick Star? Yep. And this is your ID. Yep. I found this ID in this wallet. And if that's the case, this must be your wallet. That makes sense to me. Then take it. It's not my wallet. So after that went went down, um, eventually Man Ray convinces that there's a moment that, now throughout Man Ray being dunked on. Patrick is also going through a lot of physical pain from Man Ray uh, and at some point comes in off camera, uh, basically all bandaged up from the last moment that he got hit from Man Ray. 
uh, and just starts pressing the button and asking really unfair questions to Man Ray. Like, you know, I'm um, thinking of a number between one and 100. Go. And just pressing the button. Uh, eventually, the bell is tickling Man Ray enough that the tickle seems to fuse with his DNA. Um, which afterwards of, of this, of this, uh, you know, he's asking, you know, during this moment of getting attacked to please stop. And because he said the P word, uh, SpongeBob releases him on the, of the belt. Man Ray then takes uh, one of the gauntlets down in the Mermelair, leaves the Mermelair to take over the world and makes his way over to the, uh, to the bank down in Bikini Bottom. He is going to rob the bank. Um, unfortunately for Man Ray on the fact that he was so tickled to the point that it, it fused with his DNA, um, he can't stop laughing. And anytime he tries to harass the people in the bank or ask for the money, he keeps basically asking them to laugh. He's like, I want you to give me all of your and starts like giggling and then they start laughing and, and he keeps getting angry. Uh, this gets to the point where Man Ray just kind of gives up and opens up a checking account at the bank. Like he just realizes that like he can't truly be a villain with all of this tickling going on. Like it's just going to ruin him. So he opens up a checking account. Um, now, this whole time when he escapes, SpongeBob and Patrick decide, well, they have to be Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, use the invisible boat mobile, which they inevitably crash. SpongeBob, they, they try to give you a little bit of an escape here where, like, you know, I don't have a license. Uh, well, you know, it's an invisible boat and here's an invisible license. And SpongeBob crashes the boat, which is fantastic because if they keep giving this guy outs to be a good driver, there's no point for him to go to boating school. SpongeBob and Patrick, dressed up as their favorite superheroes, make their way to the bank and right outside use the Orb of Confusion. Uh, it's turned on and both of them become incredibly stupid and and just uh, stuck in their heads. Uh, Man Ray eventually makes makes his way over, shuts off the orbit confusion and tells SpongeBob that he has decided to give up his life of crime and move on to a better life of, of being a civilian. Essentially, he shows off his his new checkbook, which includes checks of little poodles. And he hands SpongeBob his helmet. He takes off his helmet. What we're shown is that instead of, you know, what he looks like under the helmet, um, he, he doesn't really have a head. It's like there's a there's you know, it's like his head was cut off, but there's just this slab of, you know, you don't even see a differentiate like you don't see his costume where that even ends. It's just, uh, you know, it's it's red on the chest and that just continues up above this just neck nub and it's invisible and he still has control over the body he like still waves you know says goodbye to spongebob and then just walks away that as that body it's an incredibly weird ending to the character in this in this situation um i i, I like the overall ending of the episode uh of, with with man ray in particular that even though he gets rid of the, the he gets out of the tartar sauce gets out of the belt he just can't get out of the tickle which is all due to Patrick in the first place. Like it really, it really messed with that guy to the point that he gave up villainy. Now, of course we would see Man Ray down the road again. It wouldn't, it's not the last time we would see the character. He would be back in a villainous role. 
Um, but certainly as a debut episode, you can't ask for better. There's a lot of jokes here. There's a lot of funny moments. There's a lot of physical humor, a lot of physical pain induced on Patrick. Um, and there's a lot of just uh, uh, vocal jokes that you might not even catch the first time, but through subsequent views, catch on all of them. And they're all fantastic. Um, I love this episode. It's it's one of the better ones of season two. I, th I think it would really make my top ten. Um, it might even make my top five. I, I really love it that much. Um, and and maybe just that point in time when I watched it, it, it weighs a little bit more on me. But I, I would really argue that uh, even outside of that bias, this is an episode that stands up against even the, the best of season two. Um, so that is Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 3. And that is this week's episode of the podcast. I just want to thank absolutely all of you who continue to follow the show. You guys are fantastic. Um, even if you are quiet and to yourself and don't comment on any of the videos or emails or anything, if you are just a constant listener, I appreciate you. You are a part of the Ready Crew uh, in my heart. And I truly mean that. And if you are a fan of the show, there are a few ways you can help out. Um, if you would like to send me an email for me to read on the air, any sort of SpongeBob related questions or Nickelodeon related questions that I can read on this week in Nickelodeon history, you can send me an email at snailmail at euphonics.com, U-F-O-N-Y-X.com. You can send me an email there. Um, if you would like to subscribe to us on YouTube, you can find our channel by searching the show's name. Uh, I'm getting that uh, channel completely caught up with the audio podcast within the next few weeks. I, I, I went with during season one, I released like an episode a day on the pod on YouTube um, and the numbers went up great. But I was trying not to do that with season two and, and I was trying to space them out a little bit. But I want to get things caught up with how things are moving forward. Um, so pay attention. There's going to be more unboxings coming out in the next two weeks. Uh, one involving the winter Nick box and then the very first bikini bottom box. And then I'll have more unboxings of the next Nick box and bikini bottom box that should be coming by the end of the month. So those are on their way as we speak. So pay attention to YouTube. Follow us on Facebook if you would like. And you can find us on Twitter at, uh, at I'm Ready Podcast and find us on Instagram at SpongeBob Podcast. Uh, so those are all of the social media links. If you if you can find other fans of this show, share our link to any other Facebook groups, any other fans you think that would enjoy it. I would like to grow this as big as I can, and I appreciate all your help. Thank you for joining me this week, and we'll see you next week for another adventure. I'm ready. <laughs> Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in 
inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. Enjoy.